0: I want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so you can have it be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, plus many more. You can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Paciuto, and I'm super excited to have Ashley Wilhart on the line with us today. Ash, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing so good. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience?
1: All right. My name's Ashley Wilhart. I'm a film photographer and I also run a biennial magazine based in Orange County, California.
0: Very cool. Um, One of the reasons why we came into each other's orbits is through photography, obviously, Um, as Mm -hmm. I hashtag or in quotation marks consider myself one as well. Um, (laughs) Being that I find your work incredibly inspiring. Um, For starters, what made you, I guess, jump wholeheartedly into the film uh, aspect of photography? And what do you think are some of the benefits versus, you know,
2: digital?
1: So I've always loved photography. But I think as I was getting more into the swing of it being my career, I was getting really burnt out with editing. And Mm -hmm. I'd come back from a shoot with, you know, the same look in 5000 photos. And I think I was kind of getting frustrated. The editing process would take me like 12 hours just getting crazy, like in depth with it. And at the time, my boss Uh, I was working at another magazine and my boss, uh, was an amazing film photographer. And so I kind of started like practicing and trying it and I, you know, bring a film camera to a shoot and would kind of do extras with it. And you know, after a couple of shoots, it was like, those are the only photos I was using because they were (laughs) already perfect. Um, because it's film, you know, I'm taking my time with it. I'm being more careful. I'm not just like holding the shutter button down. And um and then slowly but surely I kinda like weaned off my digital camera and would just use my film and you know, the photos are already basically the color I already want them to be. Um I'm coming back with thirty six in a roll instead of five thousand. <laughs> so I think that uh really was what made me love film. Um, just the care and time that you put into it and it's is exactly how it's supposed to be and the color is what you get and it's the same thing you know the color is what i spent 12 hours trying to do in digital
2: so.
0: i know yeah i yeah. love that <laughs> I-, I shoot well i had a shoot yesterday that i did digitally um and i came back with 1200 photos and i was like fuck <laughs> me i was like this is gonna take yeah. so long to go through <laughs> and i'm waiting on my film to be developed now but like i know in whether it's the one twenty or the thirty five, whatever film photos I got are going to be the selects that I sent to this guy. Who he's going to want them because they're going to come out just like you said, warm and and perfect from start to finish. Um, yeah, I've I've kind of uh, oscillated back and forth between digital and film. Obviously, film's more expensive, but digital cameras are more expensive. Um, I, I I will have to say I do agree with the intentionality behind shooting film, and when you have to be very cognizant of every shot it makes you work slower and more diligently on what you're doing and I think that obviously shows in your work for sure
1: yeah 100%
0: do you have a preference in shooting color versus black and white because I do notice I'm I'm assuming you're you're a big portrait fan
1: no I actually um am not a fan of portrait at (gasps) all
0: oh my bad
1: (laughs) (laughs) um for some reason I a lot of my friends shoot portrait and it comes out so beautiful like such rich colors I swear every time I've shot portrait I hate the photos they're like bland it's like there's no detail I don't know what is going on every time I shoot it
0: that's so funny
1: um, so yeah but I'm a big I love Lomography 400
0: oh yeah absolutely but that is Kodak and film right
1: superior. what was that
0: Momo is Kodak film correct it's like a stripped down I think I I might've made that up. (laughs) Someone's going to call me on that later, but I'm, I'm, someone steals their phone from someone else and like changes with the emulsions and stuff. And I I thought it was Lama, but I I could be completely wrong. Um, Where, uh, where did you grow up and uh, when did you first like get into photography and, and first pick up a camera?
1: So I grew up in Costa Mesa, California. Oh, fancy. And I, uh, I went to a really funny art school from like preschool to eighth grade where you spent the entire time outside and like, you know, with animals and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. They were very, uh, they just really pushed everybody to, you know, dive all in into whatever they wanted to do. So they were obviously very, very into the arts. Um, you had to like learn a bunch of different languages So I think since then, I loved the idea of photography and video. Um, All my projects were turned in either via photo or movie I'd made. And um, in high school, I think I bought my first digital camera. And although I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, or I didn't really realize that could even be a job then, like somewhere along the lines, I kind of forgot that could be your career. Um, but I did take pictures all the time. Um, and then I went to college and for some reason went to like a school that had no photography program. (laughs) That's helpful. Then, Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, (laughs) and then I studied abroad in Italy and I really, really think those six months, um, I like woke up one day and I felt more myself than I'd ever felt. And I just came to the realization that I could do anything I wanted. And the day I got back, I went and got a job as a photographer.
2: Oh,
0: my God. I'm so <laughs> jealous of that. I'm a, I'm a decade late on the, uh, you know, aha moment of the light bulb going over my head. Um, but I find it, it, it's been a common theme and conversation that I've had with people in your age bracket who more often than not, and I don't know if it's, like, because of social media or, you know, you guys have access to stuff earlier than maybe I did. Um, you know, I know we're only a decade apart, but it feels like <laughs> a lot. But, like, a lot of people in your age bracket, that 21 to 28-year-old uh, group of people have, s- like, immediately jumped into doing the thing that they want to do. And it's super yeah. awesome, but, like, so jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, that is... A good point because a lot of my friends um i think i'm also just like surrounded by a lot of people that want to be their own boss or have started their own company um which i think is definitely motivating then to do what you want to do Yeah. You know?
0: mm-hmm. yeah well you have only yourself to rely on yeah so tell me about the trip in italy uh did you have a camera with you when you were there
1: i did i had this like little point and shoot samsung
0: oh samsung um, interesting
1: I know, and uh, I just like took pictures literally 24-7, but I think being immersed in a place that so, uh, has such a deep history and so much art surrounding it, you know, like
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything from the architecture, but the language was like an art, the way they eat meals is like an art. I, um, I'm
0: guessing i guessing you were in Florence.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um i just came back feeling really inspired and i think all my professors over there too were uh just so passionate about what they were doing i took very like funny classes i did a wine tasting and i did cooking um, (laughs) yeah i did (laughs) cooking i did like photography classes um so i think being around people that were so passionate about it and had all these crazy careers in their specific field uh just really changed my perspective
0: that's awesome yeah i was in florence in 2009 i was one year out of college and i almost bought a, a flat i was like i'm never leaving this place this is the most beautiful city on the planet how am oh, i gonna yeah. go how am i going back to new jersey after this like fuck this i'm leaving <laughs> and obviously <laughs> no, that didn't no. happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i honestly think after i got back i went back to florence like Maybe once or twice a year for the next three years. I was so in love with
0: it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so jealous. I haven't, I haven't been back in a while, but it's definitely on my post COVID normality tour that I hope to yes. embark on at some point whenever you know, <laughs> that's allowed. Um, talk me through your journey. You come home after this life changing experience. You're in Italy and you're like, I'm going to dive headfirst into photography. This is what I want to do. And then. Kind of talk me through how the photography end of things led to starting your own uh, creative agency and uh, whatnot with Cayenne.
1: Yeah. So I got back and I basically emailed every single magazine and photographer I knew of. Um, I just wanted to be immersed in a field where people were doing it every day. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, almost right away, I heard back from one of my favorite photographers, Amber Asali. And she, at the time, was at Galore Magazine. And uh, she was just moving back to L.A. And she was like, yeah, why don't you meet me tomorrow? Um, we'll like have an interview. Would love to like, meet you. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I had no experience. And I kind of explained that to her. But I was. You know explaining i really really am a great learner and i want to be here and i want to you know uh do what i can and she was the most ideal boss you could have had she was so encouraging um day one she's like yeah don't worry about it that's my job to teach you like that's why i'm the boss and um i think for the next maybe year and a half i was commuting to la every day and shooting you know every model singer uh creative that walked through the door we were doing interviews we were doing uh photo editorials and they would like be throwing parties so it was kind of a very fun wind whirl of a year yeah going you know head first into this experience and kind of like learning as i went um after that they kind of went under uh or Maybe change their format a bit. So I then moved to a magazine down in Newport, and was there again for about a year until they went under. And at that point, you know, I'm like, oh, I know everything I need to know about, you know, running a magazine. Uh, I've been looking for other jobs to, you know, try to be a photographer at another magazine and no one really had the same vision I did or it was a different theme that I wanted to be, you know, concentrated in. Um, so it was probably after a few months, I was like, you know what? I think I know what I'm doing at this point. I just want to start my own. I want to be able to tell the stories I want to tell. I want to photograph who I want to photograph. It's difficult, you know, having a boss obviously, because you, you, you don't get to tell all your stories and you can't, you know, express all your opinions, or, you know, everyone thinks they have the best ideas. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I then one day was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own. Um, how hard could it be? Uh, I think the first year was definitely a great learning experience, <laughs> as most are. Um, yeah. Uh, it was definitely more time consuming than I thought. And obviously, you know, I'd only been involved in like the fun creative aspect. But there's that whole other, you know, business, legal, editing aspect that you is like, just don't even see when you're taking photos. Right. So yeah, and then Cayenne was born.
0: That's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, to to say that that short period of time was a whirlwind would, would be a dramatic understatement. I mean, you did something in a short period of time that I think people probably spend 10, 15, 20 plus years of their lives trying to build towards um what's like your support system like around at home you know parents brothers sisters significant others and how did that support system kind of feed into you being able to feel like you had the confidence to to take this risk
1: um my mom is definitely 100 percent. like i don't want you to have any plan b's you know like go for exactly what you want to do she's always been crazy supportive i mean she sent us to the art school so she was like I want you to do what you want to do. Um, and she definitely instilled in, I have a twin sister, so she definitely, Oh, no way. I have a twin sister. Yeah. No way. Yeah, really. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, twins are the best. I know. <laughs> um, so she definitely instilled in both of us, you know, to go after whatever you want. Um, when I, and it was one of those things, you know, it's like when I told my family, I wanted to run a magazine. Uh, they were all kind of just like, yeah, like just do it then, you know? It wasn't even a question of, oh, but you got to do this and this and you have to, you know, have the funds for it and you have to, you know, have uh, something to fall back on. It was very like, yeah, you should. I think that's a great idea. That's So awesome. I never really had a doubt about starting it. Um, obviously, like the ideas changed a lot. And I think over, I mean, every day I figure it out more and more and every day it becomes uh you know more of what it's supposed to be um i started very broad and then i think it's as time goes on it's concentrated into this beautiful little biennial magazine Mm -hmm. um and but so i had a really really great support system obviously through because i do a lot of photography that's not for cayenne Mm -hmm. and i think through that i've built a nice creative family where uh I mean, the first issue, I think almost everyone I knew I had to be a part of it. Yeah. And um so that kind of built a nice base. Yeah. And after the first one, it was like, you know, I, the, so the magazine kind of goes in, it's two a year and the first one, one of them is a overall Cayenne theme. So it's art, culture, and fashion. And the second one is like our special edition. Mm-hmm. And so when the first one was coming out, you know, it was six months of trying to pull together shoots and people to be a part of it and kind of trying to sell everyone on this idea of a magazine that nobody had heard of. And, um, I myself didn't really know what I was doing. And I, my whole goal was after every magazine, you know, we'd release it at this release party and that way everyone that was a part of it finally get to come together and meet. And the first party comes around and I'm, like, oh, my God, nobody's going to show. It's going to be me and my mom and my sister. <laughs> and um, literally within, like, five minutes, there was over, like, 200 people there. Oh, awesome. And um, so I think that really pushed me, and that was, like, confirmation that this could be something uh, I could get a lot of people involved But then it could be a nice creative community for others as well.
0: That's so awesome. I, uh, I, I I'm in super awe of people who are community builders i feel as social media brings people closer together it also sort of pushes people apart you know it's easy to have fomo or uh, jealousy for other people's successes and it's super inspiring for me when i see other people who are doing really cool things but are also being incredibly inclusive and building a community around that thing and it could be music photography whatever it might be um and and i think you know at Listen, you're a young lady, 25 years old. It's incredibly inspiring to me um to be able to look at someone who's doing these really really awesome things but at the same time has an eye on, you know, building it out for uh, a larger community uh which is is very nice. I think that's that's super cool. Um what what informs like your inspirations on either a shoot by shoot basis or uh you know, on one of your magazines on a biannual basis, etc. um like what do you look at from a creative perspective, that that inspires you.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. I mean, I definitely get inspired by other artists. Uh, I feel like I am constantly now that I'm in the field. I'm constantly looking at other magazines, and I'm uh, feeling inspired by that as well. Um, shoot by shoot, a lot of it happens in the moment. You know, uh, I feel like the energy of whoever you're with or the team that's around you can completely transform a shoot. I've gone into some where you're thinking, you know, I'm kind of tired today. Like, I just want this to be like a very econ basic, you know, uh, in front of a backdrop. And then before you know it, you know, there's there's these crazy angles happening and people want to experiment with all this different stuff and let's take it outside, let's get these people involved. So I think I definitely get inspired by other people and by who I'm surrounded with. a good team or a good model or creative can really transform any shoot. Um, and for the magazines, um, you know, even like just trying to figure out the theme, it's one of those things that I will spend a long time being, uh, worried about or stressed about. And I'm like, you know, I can't, I don't know what we're going to do for this one. And then it always eventually just works out. So I definitely just like trust the process. And, um, you know, if you're consistently, cause I do think creativity for me anyways is something I have to work on every day.
0: Yeah. Me too. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. Right. It does not come naturally and it's not like I wake up these brilliant ideas. It's definitely something I have to be constantly working on. It's like a craft you have to hone and you have to nurture. So, uh, if I get burnt out, I will not have a creative thought or idea in my head for a month, you know,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and
1: it, when when I start getting back in the swing of shoots, uh, you know, at first it can be like, oh my God, I I don't want to be just so boring at the shoot or I want to be able to bring it. And then you kind of get back into it and you get back in the swing of things and all of a sudden it just kind of pours out.
2: Do you
0: get nervous before a shoot? Totally. Yeah. I think it's funny because you do a lot of prep work leading up to this shoot, something you've been planning for days or weeks, months in some cases, and you get there and you're like, I, I get hit with a wave of imposter syndrome, fraud, who are oh you, God. why are you doing this? And then like five minutes after you take a couple shot, that completely disappears. Is that something similar that you, you experience?
1: One million percent. I I get that all the time. I'm always... I'm always so hesitant to shoot because I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I can do that or I don't know if I have the skill set to do that. All my friends joke that I'm like the unprofessional professional photographer because (laughs) I really like should have learned how to use a camera. And, you know, whenever I'm asked, like, technical stuff i have no idea i'm like oh i don't know i just kind of do what i feel like the camera wants to do
0: same (laughs) um
1: so i definitely get to a shoot where i'm like i don't know what i'm doing or what if that lights way too harsh or crazy um but yeah you're right after a couple minutes then you know as you're starting to go through different poses or movements or move around it's comfortable everyone's having fun and then you're like oh that's why i love this
0: exactly yeah you you said that completely perfectly hit the the nail on the head for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find it incredibly inspiring that at such a young age, you were able to dive into this thing head first. Like that's so awesome. Um, and it, it's with, you know, it, it seems like you did it with, without fear of failure. Cause you had this amazing support system around you with your family. Um, I got into all this stuff in life much later. You know, I did the nine to five thing. Mm-hmm. I worked a bunch of jobs. I did the safe route. I went to college and it wasn't till, you know, the last few years where I was like, none of this stuff is like actually fulfilling me. Um, and I don't really necessarily feel like this is my thing. This is like, you know, making money is cool and commuting to New York City is great. And I love being out at clubs with my friends and all that's all well and good, but it wasn't fulfilling me in any sort of uh, way, shape, or form. And as yeah. I started developing my passions for photography, I started getting more and more confidence in the thing that I was doing. More people were saying, hey, that's not bad, or like, blah, blah. But it's also super... So super easy for you to, at least for me, feel like an imposter. Um, and I struggle with that sort of in this social media landscape where the number of followers and likes and shares and all this bullshit that doesn't matter ultimately informs you in some capacity uh, about whether you are quote unquote successful in what you're doing. Um, what gives you confidence uh, to kind of just keep plugging at it day in and day out and and be this kind of awesome beacon uh, in the photography world?
1: Great question. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely think pushing through those doubts uh, is the number one thing to do because I have the same doubts and fears every single day. And um, even after, you know, big events or big accomplishments, I'll be like, oh my God, I... I don't know if I said the right thing or oh I don't know if that's like correct or or I'll go into a shoot and be like, Oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And so I definitely think it's all I mean, for me it is all in my head. Um because every day you get a little better and every day you have the like ability to change and grow as much as you want.
0: Oh, I so love that.
1: It's like you know, so it's like if I want to be a better photographer, I have all the resources to learn how to be a better photographer. I can take a master class. I can, you know, learn from my peers and my other co-workers. And I um, so I, I think it's definitely a mental thing to push through it. Thankfully, I mean. I don't know if you're like this with your twin, but I talk to my sister every single day. Mm-hmm. I will call before and after a shoot. <laughs> uh, she's amazing because she's one of those people, like I will get on the phone stressed out about something. And she's like, Ashley, you're amazing. Stop. Like, um, That's what so sisters think, are for. <laughs> exactly. So I definitely think um, having someone that can be reassuring, but then also just, it is definitely in your head and it's definitely, Like, you have the ability to do what you want. And if you spend too much time lamenting over the fact that you're not good enough or you can't do this certain thing, you know, then you stay in that area. But the only way you grow is when you're uncomfortable and when you push yourself to do something you maybe didn't think you could. Um, And that's when I... I felt like the biggest result and the biggest accomplishments have come from.
0: That's a wildly impressive mindset Um, and one that I think is something that I was able to learn Over time you know like comfortability In your own skin and not really caring What other people have thought about you And just being able to feel comfortable And confident in the things I'm doing um, You know obviously I wish I Was more that way 10 years ago than I was You know the, the slow <laughs> <laughs> Process and, and growth um, But I'm, I'm very impressed with that Answer because that is uh, a, an, an, el- an elder Viewpoint on life uh, To say the least and I I find it very inspiring for a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if we're in the same generation or not. I don't know how that works. Um, (laughs) But I found a lot of people in your age bracket who have this this mentality. And I think it's super informing, at least from a creative perspective, how much amazing stuff that we see kind of going on. Yeah. When you started your journey, obviously you jumped headfirst into doing something that I think is pretty cool. Um, Do you have like from a goal setting perspective, do you say, Hey, we want to do two issues every year for the next five years. And I want to be able to work with X, Y, Z models or X, Y, Z brands. And what type of like thought process do you put into kind of like forecasting, uh, you know, goals for a year, month, whatever, et cetera.
2: Hmm.
1: So my tech guy asked me this a lot. Um, and I'm always kind of like, I I definitely take it day by day. I know I want to do two issues a year. Um, and at the point I'm at now, it's two issues a year for forever until I'm done with it. <laughs> um, as far as brands and models, um, you know, it kind of, especially with the themed issues, it kind of comes up as those issues come up. You know, it's like, when we were doing the sports one, I know nothing about sports. I know nobody in sports, you know. And so that was uh, interesting. Six months of really diving into a topic I knew nothing about. But as it was going, um, I would hear of someone or see someone that I really wanted to meet and tell their story. And so then it becomes like, a, I will get this done. I will meet, you know, this famous rodeo clown. I will meet this football player.
0: I'm so glad you brought um, that up. i'm genuinely serious when you say that because the rodeo clown picture of the guy painting his face um is unequivocally my favorite photo that you've taken there that oh my god that picture tells such a awesome story like an oh picture tells a thousand words or whatever the fucking saying (laughs) is but that is that picture tells a story and i absolutely love that image
1: oh my god thank you so much um that was definitely one of my favorites as well it was kind of towards the end of this, end of that issue. Um, I was kind of going to every sports event that was going on at the time. And I last minute was like, oh, my God, there's a rodeo happening in L.A. Uh, and it was like, you know, six bucks a ticket. <laughs> so I went. And as I was sitting there, you know, you're kind of starting to realize uh, the rodeo camp is telling the whole story. And he's kind of putting the whole show on. Mm hmm. And so I'm sitting with my friend, and we're like looking it up. I'm like, I wonder if that's like a very, you know, well-known job. And we're looking up, you know, like the most famous rodeo clown <laughs> in the United States. And everything on the internet's popping up with this guy Flint. And I'm like, oh, you guys, we gotta go meet Flint. Like I've got to. And I'm looking up, and all of a sudden Flint's name's popping up across the screen, and he's down there. And that's the one we're looking at.
0: Oh my god.
1: And I was like, oh my god, I wonder how hard it would be to meet him. And so uh, the rodeo ends and all the cowboys kind of come out and they will meet, you know, guests if you go down to the bottom of their arena. And I'm like, I wonder if the clown's coming out. And some of the older ladies that were there, you could tell I go to these all the time. They're like, oh no, Flint never comes out. You're not meeting him. (laughs) I was like, damn, okay. So I think I spent the next week and that poor Flint, I am like harassing him on DM and I am like, you know, using every account I have to DM him and email him and (laughs) see if it was possible to meet him and put him in the mag. And, um, I was doing my last event. I was shooting my last event. It was a monster truck rally. And I had gotten a, I, he'd finally responded and he was like, Oh my God, actually, yeah, Sorry. I would love to have you. We're having one more event in St. Louis tomorrow. And so, I really quickly um, after the monster event ended, I took a red eye, got to St. Louis ended up having the best day of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, Lynn is an amazing, very, very inspiring guy. He, it was awesome. And I think that's why I love doing interviews. You have this perception of someone and you know, you can make up these stories in your head, but then you meet them and getting to hear someone's story and what brought them to, you know, what you can see now on online and on, you know, social media is the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. I completely um, but, agree. Yeah. Which I bet is why you love doing podcasts too. Because hundred percent. It's just it's awesome and it gives you insight into a whole nother world you might not even know about. But anyways, Flint is an amazing guy. He um you know, it was cool seeing him from before he even put on the makeup too then putting on a performance then like we all went out with the cowboys after the event and <laughs> it was just a really awesome experience he you know was an eight it was a math teacher at one point and then oh, wow. his career i mean his whole life he kind of was immersed in western sports but found this really cool success with being a rodeo clown.
0: that's so awesome uh yeah, yeah what a what an amazing story, um, and. I also like having those types of conversations about like what what goes into behind an image because I would never have been able to put any of that together based on the yeah. photo and the story that I Told myself on it was completely different. That's that's so amazing. Uh, I've had I've had the lucky experience, like you said, about having these types of conversations where, you know, I've spoken with photographers who have tens of thousands of Instagram followers and actresses who star in shows like SVU, and the commonality that I think we all share in the creative space is belief in ourselves that we're doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing. We can be told no a million times, but we're going to keep doing it, and. My My favorite part about these conversations is everyone's background story is completely different. There's no commonality in how we got where we are or how we're going to the place that we need to go. But that common drive and that intensity and, you know, kind of spark and fire that everyone shares is, is really cool to me. Um, yeah. And, uh, something that I, I have super enjoyed in these conversations. Um, you're, you're relatively young. I hate to keep harping on that, but you've had a (laughs) lot of success to date. I mean, you're doing some, some, truly awesome stuff um do you have doubt do you have fear of failure do you have uh things that keep you up at night
1: um i mean with every issue that comes out i definitely spend a week fretting that no one's gonna buy it and or like i'm not happy with it or it didn't seem like it was totally finished um but i wouldn't say fear of success or um, fear failure. I'm ever going to a fa- fear of failure. Um, because yeah, I guess I haven't really felt that just because, um,
0: You're properly I medicated. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding.
1: In the creative world. It's like, I, there's always a need for creative. So even in the pandemic, it was like, you know, companies still needed content and, mm-hmm. People More so. still wanted to create and people still wanted to write stories. So whether I was doing photography for a clothing brand or I was working on Cayenne, um, I still really felt a, I felt it chugging along and I really did feel a, uh, creative pulse. Like I didn't think anything was going stagnant and I really didn't feel like, um, you know, I was struggling to, to find a way to, you know, get out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I do think I'm lucky with being, I do have a nice creative community that when I am in a, you know, in a creative rut or I feel like, Oh my God, I'm never going to work again. then, you know, the next day it's like you're pushed to, you know, meet someone else. I I do think a lot of my work comes from word of mouth. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so as of right now, no, I'm not afraid of it. And I, I've not been um, worried about failing yet.
0: That's awesome. Definitely (laughs) don't share those feelings at all. Um, But that's very cool. I I, like super appreciate that. Um, How do you deal with like failure and how do you deal with regret? Um, mostly this question is selfish in that like my biggest regret was not taking the chances to do things like get into photography start a podcast you know until quote unquote later in life um so how do you handle those types of uh feelings and emotions
1: well it's so funny you say that because even i feel like i started too late see oh my god photographers, <laughs> <laughs> i'll see some photographers that are like 19 and I'm like oh my god why didn't I just start this like sooner like why did I wait so long to get professional with this
0: <laughs> five years older uh, than them <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I definitely have that where I'm like oh my god how are they seriously killing it at 20 and I'm still floundering over here um so you know I uh, what was your question again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> how do you deal with like regrets and or you know, negative oh. feelings and things like
2: that.
1: Um, I mean, I definitely push myself to say yes to every opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, even like doing the podcast, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so nervous! I'm such a bad public speaker." Oh, not at all. And even, um, I had done like a little HBO movie, and I was like, "I hate myself on screen. Like, I should not. This is why I'm behind the camera." Oh wait, I, I forgot think- to
0: watch that. I, yeah, I saw the. I saw you shared the uh, the preview for it. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna watch it's that. Very funny. Yeah, I heard it was funny. I know a bunch of people it who watch me it though. Like,
1: very professional. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it.
0: I got nothing else to do um, today, so.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I just I do think saying yes to everything. Um, I mean, obviously, then helps you not regret not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think you know, no reason to to regret starting late, like or regret you know doing something when you're doing it because you're I I really do believe uh, at least for me I have done everything when I was supposed to like if I I like that started the magazine you know 10 years ago I would be nowhere near ready I would have no direction no like I mean every day I feel more myself and I feel more um sure of what I'm doing so I think things happen when they're supposed to um some of my friends were ready you know Ten years ago to start their own company, whereas I was still, I mean, probably working at a restaurant ten years ago. Yeah. So, I I definitely think um, I think some in some ways I matured later in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean. It's impossible. I think it's impossible not to have regrets. I mean, every shoot I come back and I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I just do this? I like this look or like, Oh, why didn't I have them posing this way or use this camera? I have regrets a lot, but I do think, um, in the end, you're like, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it now. I can't go back in time and change anything. So I need to work today to do what I want to do. And it's honestly, I also think it's never too late. You can do whatever you want to do. At any age, you know Julia Child became a famous chef at
0: like I fifty say something.
1: Really, yeah, at fifty something, and you know, and I mean, her and a number of other famous people have found their passion and their calling later in life. So, I like so that. it's impossible not to have regrets, but you know, you just got to remember that things happen the way
0: they're supposed to. I agree with that. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in things in life happening for a reason. Uh, you know, I got laid off in the middle of a pandemic from the, you know, what I thought was my dream job. And like, you know, these mm. things all kind of fall into place and, you know, ebb and flow and, fall apart and when it's supposed to and then you know it makes way for the next thing and i think what totally. what what's super nice is this is something that i've learned with age and you already know this so you're like already killing it that's so great i'm so i love that for you <laughs> seriously that's awesome. <laughs> having accomplished a lot at a young age, does that do two things? Does it give you a lot of pressure to maintain and grow? Um, and if yes, and if no, what is like your biggest dream for, you know, the next five years of your career?
1: Um, I think, I mean, definitely a bit of doubt goes in my mind when you say that. Cause I'm always like, wait, I haven't done nearly what I've supposed to be at right now
0: well outside looking Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but um i mean i i put a lot of pressure on myself i think obviously being your own boss you have to be the one that's putting pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. and so i mean even like i make you know absurd deadlines for myself or i will uh have these like crazy hopes that you know i'm pulling all-nighters for a week straight trying to make possible so i definitely feel a lot of pressure um but i also i feel pressure in ways of like i want to keep momentum going mm-hmm. so when things are really good i want to make sure that i'm not i'm not um asleep at the wheel like i want to make sure i'm you know constantly feeding the creative you know brain and trying to keep that alive I like um, that. and goal-wise my goal has always been to work with vogue in some capacity and i would love to get a job in italy that keeps me there six months out of the year
0: oh fuck yeah just open a studio (laughs) in florence i'll split it with you (laughs) (laughs) sold (laughs) i've 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 got the ability to have dual citizenship uh with italy it's supposedly like a (gasps) super shitty long process so i've just obviously been too lazy to do it but um you know jp studios in florence that's that's got a nice ring to it might might have to look it's into that
1: really nice <laughs> <laughs> i like the sound of that <laughs> what's the biggest
0: piece of advice that you have for someone who's just starting out on a creative career uh someone who wants to take the plunge into doing something for the first time or something that they're super passionate about
1: mm, i would start with Um, you don't need the best equipment to do what you love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think obviously like for photography specifically, you do not need the nicest, most expensive, fanciest camera. I've always learned that like I can make art with an iPhone or a disposable camera. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like you need the eye more so if you have a creative eye and you have a vision that you are going to make happen you can do that with anything. You don't need, you know, a Mark D something. Um, so I think first things first, people get really bogged down by, you know, I don't have the funds or the means to make it happen, but you can do it. You can do anything you want to with limited, limited tools. And I think also just taking that first step, um, you know, it's always you build it up in your head and it can be a lot scarier than it really is. But I know, um, I mean, almost all my friends that have thought about it and wanted to and want to embark on, you know, this creative venture, this great adventure, you can't do anything until you start.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So just starting and taking that first step, just, you know, putting the intention out there and making a name or, you know, uh, making the account or now starting to talk about it, writing out what you want, what you envision this looking like. like. You just have to take a step. And then, you know, and then the whole universe kind of opens up and and you have this whole other avenue that you can go down.
0: I love that i uh I would piggyback on the back of that and be like not afraid to reach out to people. Um, the one thing that oh, I found
1: one hundred percent
0: yeah, totally. I found people some of my most inspirational photographers that I follow and own their artwork. 800,000 1.5 million Instagram followers will like take the time to answer a DM and or a tweet or whatever it is. Uh, so if there's someone that you look up to, definitely fe- don't be fearful to reach out to them because they'll probably be more appreciative and super willing to give you advice or, or be helpful.
1: That's actually such a good point. Cause I'm also a firm believer in asking anyone and everyone. I, I think it's such, I mean, we live in this amazing time where you can contact anyone you want to Yep. and they may not get back to you, but (laughs) you do have the ability to get in contact with anyone. So I'm huge on asking for what you want. Um, and it couldn't hurt to just email. Like I will email anybody and almost all of them get back to
0: me. Similar. Uh, similarly, I will say I don't always get answered and i think that's inherently what happens being a male photographer versus a female photographer um Mm. do you think that plays into any six like any like how does being a female creative i i would easily relinquish the fact that it is much more difficult for some for a female to be successful you know there are inherent you know sexual barriers in place um but like how, how do you do you see that do you feel that or do you just like fuck it i'm gonna do it anyway
1: um well it's funny so i i do i do get a lot of people that i'll shoot with and obviously girls in particular feel comfortable with me just because i'm also a girl Mm -hmm. and i do get a lot of them that will you know express like oh my god this shoot's so nice like you wouldn't believe like the last time i had with this guy and he was so creepy and blah blah yeah um so i definitely think people are willing to open up to me and to be very comfortable to shoot with me. And so I do think I get, uh, that hired because, yeah. And I do think I get hired a lot because of, um, just people. You're, you're awesome work. Good
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your work,
1: but, um, I will say like all, I have a lot of guy photographer friends and, um, as sad as it is that, there's been some crazy things going on lately with male photographers. Um, all my guy photographer friends have not had those experiences and um, we all pretty much get the same amount of work, I would say. Oh, nice. That's cool. I think it, it I, what really is. I think more about um, maybe like the style or the concentration you're in or. Um, oh yeah.
0: I was, I was more being facetious, but yeah.
1: Oh.
2: So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I like, you know, if you DM uh, an Instagram model with, you know, 30 million Instagram followers, they're they're not going to be like, "Yeah, let's go shoot." <laughs> yeah.
1: 100%. They probably won't answer me either, though. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's fair. Um you obviously have like a number of different I would say like styles of photography. You do a lot of portrait yeah. work, you do lifestyle. Um is there a certain uh avenue or or you know, uh source material or, or whatever that you prefer like portraiture or whatever it might be but like is there anything that you go out to do and you're like oh I love that so much more than XYZ uh,
1: my favorite is definitely portraiture or a more fashion editorial type photo mm-hmm. um, but I do think the more well anytime it's a like candid lifestyle type photo it's like a happy accident Yeah, because that I always find is like the hardest to force Hmm. Um. So, but my favorite is definitely portraiture and fashion.
0: I don't know about you, but I find like especially even when I'm on a shoot, like if I'm in a studio or a house, whatever you're at, um, the in between shots where like someone's super relaxed and it's they're like not actually posing tend to be the best images from the shoot. Like it's it's less forced, it's less rehearsed. do you, do you feel that way?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Especially, I mean. Um, I'll notice, especially with doing photos with interviews or with people that aren't models, those in-between shots are these beautiful, genuine, raw times that you can't duplicate if you ask them to smile.
0: Yeah, I agree. Totes the same. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to spend the last few minutes of every one of my podcasts doing like a little bit of like a rapid fire question. And some of them are kind of big. You can opt out if you want. Um, and then some of them are super easy. So I'm going to start with what is your favorite book?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, Life of Pi or Eat, Pray, Love.
0: Oh, I, I just literally <laughs> bought Life of Pi on Apple movies yesterday i've watched oh, it like so 20 great. times it is officially incredible um yeah love that what is your favorite movie
1: oh my gosh um okay i have three i have four and they're all tied for first place <laughs> and these are my movies that i will watch forever not necessarily like what i think is the greatest work of art but they are also great works of art and that is Love, julia julia mamma mia Ben like
0: beckham mama mia i don't care who of my friends are gonna hear me say this mama mia is a fucking treat and i own that uh-huh. movie on dvd i own that movie on apple <laughs> fucking movies i own it on every medium possible and i will watch it on every single plane ride i'm always on yes. and i don't know why The first thing I do when I get on a plane, if I don't fall asleep or I'm not drinking, is I put on Mamma Mia.
2: (laughs) It's hilarious. It
0: is wonderful. (laughs) What's your favorite food? Pasta. Any kind in particular?
1: Any kind. I will have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Amen. Girl after my own heart. (laughs) Do you believe in an afterlife?
1: Um. I don't know. I'm scared about talking about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Are you in love? Yes. Awesome. Love that for (laughs) you. What is the best piece of advice someone has ever given you?
1: Oh, um, oh my gosh. I had it. Um, maybe no plan B I'll go with.
0: Oh, I like that. That's nice. I wish I'd thought about that like 10 years ago. That's good. What are you most proud of?
1: Um, Most proud of my latest issue, Cayenne. I think this one's going to be my game changer issue.
0: That's awesome. So great. And my last question, what is one recommendation that you have for everyone listening today? Uh, could be a book, uh, a movie, a podcast, just, you know, a TV show, something you've recently consumed that besides Mama Mia that you'd like everyone to check out.
1: Mm, um, Oh, watch, uh, chef's table. Oh,
0: that's good. I like that. That's a good one. I
1: just started and it is like, these chefs are artists they're philosophers it is really kind of a beautiful amazing life-changing series that i'm very late to the game on
0: yeah it's a good one um my (laughs) my recommendation is blown on uh i think netflix yeah netflix uh it's basically these uh glass men you know blowers they make glass out of blowing this molten blob into something beautiful uh yeah it is a super relaxing show it's sort of weirdly (laughs) like asmr in some (laughs) some way uh but what these people can make out of literally nothing is truly truly awesome
1: Holy crap. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Check it out. It's, it's good. Um, <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm super appreciative of your time. I am super inspired and in awe of all that you've accomplished at such a short period of time. And uh, it gives me a lot of, uh, you know, confidence to keep doing my own thing as well. I think you've got a great mental outlook and uh, I expect nothing but the world from you in the future.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This made my day. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Anytime. Look forward to uh, doing it again.
1: Sounds good.